guest speaker this morning. What is the four? What am I looking at? He's he's showing me four. Oh, is there four more pictures? Oh, let's see them. Oh, that's right, the orphanage property. Okay, the next one. All right, so that's the caretaker house. The roof is finally on the house. Um, that's pretty awesome. And then, of course, the view from the roof. It's funny, every time some people go over there, they always have that same picture. They, they all like the roof in Ghana. Um, maybe it's quieter. That's pretty cool. All right, so our, huh? It's not quiet. Well, our guest speaker this morning is uh, no stranger to you all. Let's give it up for uh, Cameron Jewell. They're there, and I love that it's on the roof where they can see the entire city, that that's their favorite place to pray. Uh, I think that we should probably, like, we should, we should definitely build some stairs so we can get up to the roof here, and we should just start praying over, over Milton, Fife, Edgewood. Like, I think that'd be really cool. Um, maybe not all of us. We might have to do, like, twos by twos. You know what I mean? But, uh, no, how is everybody this morning? Yeah. So Dan trusted me to bring the word this morning. I don't know why he keeps doing that, um, but apparently he believes in me. So I'm going to do my best to bring the word, and uh, yeah, so let's get started. Um, so when I was prepping for this, um, Dan sent out an email, and he asked uh, some questions, and he was like, you know, hey, uh, is there anything that you need from me before I leave um, so that I can get you, you know, info back before... I uh, get on the plane, because once I'm on the plane, I'm of no use to you. And I was like, yeah, you can just stay here and give the message yourself. And he didn't think that was very funny. So he gave me uh, some pointers, and when I sent him all my, my, my verses and my points and the things that I wanted to talk about, and he, he gave me three things. He was like, first off, what's the purpose? Second, why does it matter? And then third, it's going to be good. So I'm trusting him, and I'm trusting uh, his faith in me as well. Um, so... I tackled this question by looking through an amazing tool that I have, and it's called the Thompson Study Chain Bible. I love it. My grandfather used it when he was a preacher, um, and it has all his notes in it, so I kind of cheat. But um, his wisdom uh, has been passed down uh, through the notes and the margins, and I love it. And uh, I was looking at it, and I found this little note in the corner margin uh, of John 4, actually, or 1 John 4. And uh, I found it very interesting that the purpose uh, of the book of 1 John was written right there in my grandfather's handwriting. And he wrote this. He said that 1 John is a book that encourages believers to find joy in the Lord. It serves to warn them to guard their hearts against sin and to alert them to false teachers among them. And lastly, its focus is to build strength in their faith in Christ by assuring them of an abundant life. And as we've looked together through this series in 1 John, I, I think we can all kind of see that, that uh, uh, it's definitely a reminder of who we are as well as whose we are. Um, and so I love it. I mean, looking through Scripture, we see that God is life and that He is light and that His righteous love, um, it overcomes everything. It, it encompasses almost every part of our life, whether we want to see it or not, um, and I, I really love this too, that here at Lifespring, that we are all about fellowship, that we're all about love, and that uh, 
most everyone in this room knows for certain where they belong and where their identity is. So um, before I get into 1 John 4, 7 through 14, um, I'm going to kind of skip ahead to 1 John 5, 13. And it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, And I think it's important to highlight that uh, as we look through Scripture because Scripture, it proves itself, doesn't it? It, it, it provides reference in it and it provides proofs all throughout that uh, we can rest assured that it's truth. Um, so let's get into it. First John 4, 7 through 14, uh, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. That's a lot of scripture in one one go. So uh, I'm going to do my best to break it down. Um, But I want this, this theme of God's love and our love to be in the back of your minds as we go through this. So uh, I hope to break this down verse by verse, and I hope it's good. So let's go ahead and pray real quick. Uh, Dear Lord, I pray that uh, as we are here this morning, that you just open up our minds, open up our hearts uh, to what you have to say, Lord. And uh, I want to repeat this prayer that that it's not my narrative or my agenda, Lord, but your word, uh, I pray that it comes out of me and it, it meets people where they are. Uh, whether they're here or they're, they're listening online or watching online, Lord, I pray that wherever they are, that uh, what you have for them this morning is what they hear and that it impacts, impacts their life in a way, Lord, that I cannot do uh, in my own strength, Lord. So I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. When I look at that, I see a promise right off the bat. I see this promise of identity. And I love that this is the starting verse because when we look at uh, society today and and we look at Facebook and social media and CNN and Fox News right now, there is no identity. There is no identity in where we belong. There is nothing but hurtful comments, biting remarks, Beration. It is, it's rampant. And I love this right here. Dear friends, let us love one another. You don't see love in Fox News. You certainly don't see love in CNN. You don't see love sometimes in the newspaper. Instead, you see everything that's going wrong. Um, what a promise. And we desperately need that promise. We need that promise, that identity in God, that identity in Christ's love. I love what James 1.18 says. It says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that He created. 
speaking of the news, we certainly don't see that we are the first fruits of God's creation. We certainly don't see that we are his prized creation. We certainly don't see that we are the most important thing that he created. We're created in his image. I think that we take that for granted as his creation so much. And then we look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. That speaks to my heart because not only am I a new creation in Christ, not only am I his first fruits, not only am I his prized creation, but I'm renewed every day. I am a renewed creation. Every morning when I wake up, I am not defined by yesterday. I am not defined by the person I was five years ago. I am not defined by my mistakes. I get to move forward knowing that his Holy Spirit is going to renew me tomorrow, even if today I don't feel it or I don't feel like I am a creation that God values so much. Tomorrow is a new day, and I can wake up rest assured in the Holy Spirit that I am going to be renewed. And so we move on to verse 8. It says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. That, that is a powerful verse right there. It's so small, and yet it's so powerful. Whoever does not love does not know God. I think that that's something that even a non-believer can read and understand. That if you know love you can move forward and you can experience the love of God. You can experience this relationship. I love what James 2.8 says. It says, if you really keep the royal law, as we know it, the golden rule, found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. That, <laughs> the golden rule is something that I, I struggle with, in all honesty. I have a hard time loving people and treating people the way I want to be treated, especially on Monday morning when I'm out of coffee and I'm at work at 3.30 in the morning and I'm experiencing people who just don't have it together. It's really hard to speak on Sunday morning about God's love and speak about the golden rule and then Monday morning I wake up in retail where people are always upset with you at least it seems that way. And you're standing and you're like, oh, I'm going to treat you like I want to be treated. Are you blind? Sales line's right there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we read this version that says, if you keep this royal law, you're doing right. To love is to know God. I know God, therefore I have to show that love. And then we see verse 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. How do I live a life of love through Christ when I couldn't do that? I could not come, I could not die on a cross, I could not do the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> but I'm so thankful that he did. I'm so thankful that he did because... I'm going to mess up. I'm going to be cranky without my coffee. And I'm going to maybe snap at somebody. And I'm so thankful that God's love is more powerful than how I feel on Monday morning. <laughs> because he showed his love among us. He showed his love to us. And to wake up on Monday morning, 
that's what I got to do. I got to walk out there and go, okay, he showed me his love. Now I'm going to show it whether I feel like it or not. Now I love verse 10, and it answers an age-old question that we've all asked at one point. We all know it. What is love? (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. This is what verse 10 says. It says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I don't have to ask the question, what is love? And I don't have to worry about being hurt over and over again. Because God showed his love. It's not about that we loved him. It's that he first loved us. And I I love that he did. And and we're going to go into a verse here in Acts in a moment. But... um. I think it's important to remember in this very simple message of, of being loved by God and loving others that it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of the price he paid on the cross. And so in Acts 2, 22 through 23, it says fellow Israelites, and I, I really think that we can replace that with family because that's what we are. We're a family here. It says, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. I love that we come here and we get to experience those miracles, those wonders, and those signs on a weekly basis. There are so many times I hear from Pastor Dan, from, from you know, Sean over here, from, from Jeremy, from Pete. I'll hear on Sunday morning before we start service about how somebody came last week and they had a prayer request. And someone prayed over that, and in the supernatural, it happened. Someone prayed for healing. I just heard this morning about a woman who was prayed over, who had back issues. And a few days later, or, or a few minutes later, or something to that effect, she was walking, carrying things up the stairs, and everyone was looking, her, looking at her like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, you prayed for my healing, and it happened. Right? We know that God is real. We know that he loves us because we see it every day. We hear about it every week. And then further on it says, which God did among you through him. Guess what? He's working among us through you and I. That's why love, God's love, through Jesus, through us, to the rest of the world is so important. Verse 23, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. That foreknowledge. So so God knew that we were going to mess up, but he also knew that we would accept his love. He also knew that we were going to spread it. He also knew that at some point we were going to need it. So many people I know in this room and outside of of this building have at some point needed God's love. And whether they've accepted it or not, that's, that's between them and God. But he foreknew that we were going to have this void, that we were going to have this desire for something more, that we were going to have this desire to be accepted, to have that identity that I mentioned earlier, to identify with God, to identify with his love, to identify with a purpose. We live in a world that needs this kind of love, this love of a righteous God who can come down from perfection, who can come down from, from total existence with you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, 
someone who's willing to step out of that comfort and into our shoes. That's what he was willing to do. His love was so expansive and so great that he was willing to step out of paradise to experience life, to experience the same tortures that we experience, to experience the same temptations and to overcome them. We need that kind of love. We see it on the news with the riots back east, with riots in Chicago, with the riots in downtown Seattle this last week. That kind of love is needed overseas in war-torn countries, in the underground church in China and Ghana, all throughout the U.S. It's not just us. But that kind of love, that's what we need to see in this world. And it spreads through us. It spreads through our interactions. I love this next verse. This next verse is kind of the pinnacle of this message. And it says this, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. His love is made complete. I can't even, I can't even begin to explain the intricacies of that one statement. His love is made complete. Not only that, but we are loved by God, therefore we ought to love one another. How often do we fail at that or fall short of that? I want to be able to go out of these doors every week and I want people to know me by the love that I show them. I want them to know me by the fact that I'm just a little weird, that when I'm encountering them on a daily basis, when I have every reason to get angry and fly off the handle and say things that I really don't mean or that I don't want to say that are not true to the character that God has put in my heart. I want them to look at me and be like, you know what, you're just a little weird. Why are you different? What's so different about you? And then that's when I get to say, God's love has been made complete in me and because it's in me, I get to share it with you. And of course, that sounds a little crazy, so you can make it a little bit more simple and you can say, you know, well, I'm going to treat you the way I want to be treated and the reason for that is Jesus. And then that opens a whole other conversation and then God's love just spreads out of you like wildfire. John 13, 35 says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That is so simple. It's so powerful. This morning as I was driving in to church, as I was like kind of running through the whole message and whatnot, I was, I was driving and then this song came on, uh, Air One. And it's the most simple song. Um, and I'm not going to sing it for you because uh, you don't want to hear that. But it says this. It says, I want to go back. To Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. That song wrecked me this morning. It's such a simple message, and we forget it so easily. I want to go back to the Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And now I get to share that with you because I believe the Bible. I believe it's true. It is the word of God. 
And that simple phrase is more than enough. It's more than enough for me. And for someone who's never experienced Christ's love, who's never even heard the name of Christ, that might be the turning point. That simple phrase, Jesus loves you, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. That might be enough to change their life forever. I want to show that love. And I ask this question, how are we showing that same love outside of these doors? How are we showing it by meaningful interactions with the barista at the coffee stand, with the the teller at Safeway, with the, the gas station clerk, or our coworkers who we interact with daily? I have, a, I have a really good friend. His name is Zach. Um, he was my youth pastor growing up. Um, he doesn't do that anymore, but this man loves people. And I mean, he really loves people. I mean, I can call him up right now and be like, hey man, I know this guy. He's homeless. Is it okay if he crashes on your couch? And he'll be like, dude, I'm already on my way. Where you at? Zach taught me a very important thing about love. It knows no bounds. It's not limited by who you like. It's not limited by who you don't like. He taught me that love, and very much in the, in the sense that Christ's love flowed into him and out of him, he taught me that sometimes it takes a sacrifice. And sometimes love is not comfortable. And then we move to verse 13, and it just reaffirms that this is how we know that we live in him and he in us, for he has given us his spirit. His spirit is always reaching out. His spirit is always crying out to touch those needs. I love that the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. That is a powerful spirit. The Holy Spirit is so powerful in us that I can bring the dead back to life in his name that I can reach out to the person who has lost everything and I can say, you know what, Jesus loves you and that can change his life. I want to live in that truth and I hope that we get to live in that truth too, fam. That when you get cut off in traffic, when you have that conversation with friends or family about politics, when you're working with difficult people, I want to be able to say, that God's love is more, and I hope that we're able to say it too. 1 John 3.24, it says, The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know by the spirit he gave us. That's so powerful. We know by the spirit he gave us. And you were also included in Christ. This is Ephesians 1.13. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal and the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your promise. The Holy Spirit is your promise that his love will go with you from day one to infinity. It begins before you even knew it. I... I have a verse that has really impacted me in a, in a strong way, and it's, 
It's in 1 Corinthians, and, and I love the message version of it, and I actually have it written on my arm. And it says this, If I speak with human eloquence in angelic ecstasy, but I don't love, I am nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all of his mysteries and making everything as plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I am nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, and I even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I have gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, no matter what I believe and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. There is a power and an authority in that. We are bankrupt without Christ's love. It's so simple. It's the most simple message in the Bible that we get to share with other people. We are bankrupt without love. You know, without... Actually, I'm going to back up a little bit and, and say that for me, this is a difficult message to give. Because I'm former military. I'm very militant about my faith. I like to get to the point. You need Jesus. And sometimes I forget the love part. It's the military plan of action. Let's get to it. You need this. Don't question But the truth is, is that if I'm not showing that love, then my words are empty. They're just dropping right in front of me. If I don't show that love in a way that is tangible for someone, then I'm, I'm just speaking empty words. We have an authority, family. We have an authority to say to Mount Rainier, jump. And let that be proof of your love to someone who needs it. It's so little faith. So I want us as a family to just agree this morning that when we exit out those doors, that we're going to go forth in the power of love and the authority that love gives us in Christ. We've seen this love and now we get the privilege to go out and show it to the rest of the world. Now I want to end it with this last verse and um, I'll have the worship team come back up and uh, I'll close it out in prayer. But um, John 3.16, it's a verse we've all heard. We've heard it in, in Sunday school. I heard it in Sunday school all the time at Northwest Foursquare um, when I first moved here. But it's this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this morning, as we, as we leave here, let that promise hold true. We know who we are in Christ, and we know whose we are because of Christ. That he so loved us, that he came, he died, he rose again so that we would not be separated from him for an eternity but that we could be with him forever in paradise. That's the kind of love that we get to partake in. So let's go ahead and pray.
Dear Lord, I I pray right now this morning that your love just reigns true in our hearts. That um, your love just encompasses everything that we do, Lord. And that when we walk out of these doors, Lord, that it's not just another message and that Monday morning comes and we just continue on in our old life and our old ways, Lord, but that you renew us, that we hold true to that promise, this promise of your love. Lord, I asked at the beginning, what does this matter? What is the purpose? And it's all about Jesus. Lord, let us love one another because you loved us. Thank you, Lord, that you first loved us, that we can go out and that we can share your love directly, indirectly. with the name of Jesus or just by our actions. Lord, I pray that your words this morning just speak truth. I pray that you prove yourself by them over and over again, time and time again. Lord, I pray that this simple message doesn't just fall short. Thank you, Lord, that you've loved us. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown your love to us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to share it. I pray this morning that um, you bind our mind to the mind of Christ. That you bind our emotions to the comfort and control of the Holy Spirit. And that you bind our feet to the paths that you have ordained for us. That we can go out and have encounters with people who need your love who need to experience it, Lord. And I pray that we go out in boldness, that we can boldly show that love. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.